and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my beautiful and lovely co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, 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 how are you? The down under. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not down under anymore now that I'm on my nomadic traveling. That's right. That's Woo-hoo. right. I know. You've already launched. I know. Woo-hoo. It's amazing. Um, I'm quite <laughs> excited actually for our topic today because I have to honestly say there's probably going to be a little bit of ranting. So if you don't like ranting, you might want to turn this episode off because we're going to talk about something that is a bit of a pet peeve for me. And I don't know, maybe for Laura as well, but we're going to talk about thought leadership and what that actually means and some of the illusions and misconceptions around thought leadership in the world today, because everyone's selling it. Everyone's trying to capture it. Everyone wants to be a thought leader. And I think um, there's some really important misunderstandings in what it actually is. Yes. And language is important. And it's so in, you know, it's one of those things that's thrown around. Um, Mm. It's a terminology that we're seeing more and more. You can go to somebody's Instagram profile or the LinkedIn and it's like, you know, thought leader in whatever area. And so it begs the question, how do you earn the title thought leader? What is thought leadership? Do you get to just like give one expert talk, one talk, and then you're the expert? And this also <laughs> circles back around to this whole kind of, you know, what is everyone calling themselves an expert in mm. a particular subject, you know, and the ability to be online now means that you can really create a brand all around um, an expertise or a particular thought leadership topic. But how do we know that that person is really knowledgeable and, and how do we measure that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, and I think this is the piece, right? It's because it has become sort of the new black. Everyone wants to be a thought leader. Everyone wants to have an expert. I cannot tell you the amount of people who come to me looking to be a speaker, looking to be a thought leader, looking to do a TEDx talk, looking to write a book. You know, like it's the, it's this new thing of like, put out your thoughts and wisdom. And, and I think, you know, it's great. Like we do all have something to contribute for sure, but Thought leadership is developed over years and years and years of practice, of experience, of not just like you got some wisdom that happened to come to you, but that you've like practiced. It's experiential. You've tested it. You validated it. Like, in my opinion, thought leadership is done over the hard yards, over the years and years and years and years and years of failing and getting back up again and trying things and looking at things and 
and then succeeding. It isn't something that you could just have a few thoughts about and then you just put it out there as I'm a thought leader. (laughs) Yes. And I think it's something very typical of our sort of Western United States culture here. I mean, you're seeing it in other parts of the world, Mm -hmm. but like in the United States, there's so much of focus on um, acquiring the American dream, the, you know, top 20 under 20, top 30. 30. I mean, just like it's younger every year, like how young of an entrepreneur can you be? How much can you um, show for yourself? Like in a very short amount of your time of your lifespan, that's Mm. so different than a lot of culture, other cultures. And even just from the from, I think from the past and where we've come from, like, I don't know why we've sort of set everything up and we have to achieve everything in, um, a shorter amount of time when actually our lifespans are getting longer. But recently I had a conversation with a woman here in Austin, Texas, who, um, I don't remember the exact lineage, but she is a, um, medicine woman in her particular community. And she was chosen by her grandmother at a very young age as a young girl. And she was told that she would be apprenticing under her grandmother to learn all about the different ways in which she would, all the knowledge she would need to have as a medicine woman. But she would not actually get that title until she was past like her mother, you know, like childbearing years. Like you have to be Mm. even postmenopausal before you can really get the title of medicine woman. So, so they don't see your youth as a time in which you are administering, you're just learning and you're learning and you're learning like in your, you know, she's an adult, she's a mother, she's in her community, but she still did not earn that title until she was the elder. Mm. And it's really fascinating that we have evidence of that in so many cultures. And yet we're in this place now where it's like overnight success is the thing. And this thought leadership is something people think they can earn in a few months. So that piece I, I find really interesting. Yeah, I know. It's like crazy. And you know, you just see, I just see all these people sort of packaging thought leadership, like just come here. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, but in six months, you'll be a thought leader and we'll have all this stuff mapped out. You'll have all this content and you'll have all this stuff. It's like, hello. <laughs> like you ah, can't. That's so, yeah. <sighs> Drives me that's nuts. So true because it's not just the, um, it's not just the thought leadership that people are self-identifying. It's that now there's being programs created like to create the thought leader. Like you go through this program and you're going to be a thought leader or know how to position yourself as a thought leader. It's like, no, that that's not something you just like learn how to do and position yourself. It's something that you learn over time and it becomes, you become a leader in that particular field of thought because of the amount in my, for my opinion, the amount of time and energy and reflection that you've given to that particular realm of thought. Yes. How much studying you've done, how much experience you've had, how much change you've seen. Like, you know, it really has to be over time. You cannot be a thought leader in an instant or just because you had one experience or, you know, and you see this sometimes with people who want to create businesses, they've had one experience themselves, like something that they, you know, got over or they um, transformed, which I super appreciate, but then they want to be the thought leader for that thing, but they haven't yet worked with anybody. 
they haven't yet actually seen how is that practiced in principles, you know, with a person in service. And so I think what we have is our priorities all wrong. We have the, the sequence out of order. We're doing everything backwards. Like thought leadership is something that happens once you've been in service for a long time working with people. It doesn't happen first. It happens last. It's something that is because you have become a thought leader and you cannot become a thought leader overnight or even over a year or even over two years, like thought leadership is done over long periods of time. Rant over. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I was just thinking as you were speaking to that, that one of the things that have started to change for me and I'm starting to feel like, oh, actually I am a leader in this realm or I have something that people want is because, you know, you and I've been at this for 20 years or more. Gosh. And this people seek me out now, not because I've branded myself, not because I'm calling me myself a thought leader, right. but people will call me and, and ask to have um, time with me or, or pick my brain or just get advice. Or somebody's like, Oh, I just came here. Cause I heard that you should, you have a lot of wisdom around this. And I wanted to hear what you had to say about it. I was <laughs> like, Oh, wow. Like this is starting to be where it's different. Like this is where we start to understand and earn what thought leadership is because not that you and I would be labeling ourselves, just put put this in our own personal sphere. We're not using those terms to brand or position ourselves, but we are now because we've been in the game this long, because we've done the work this long, people are seeing us as reliable or as somebody that they want to speak to and learn and gather. And and it's really exciting for me now to be mentoring these 20 somethings. Like I'm really enjoying this piece. And I think that that generational thing is important to look at. Like a thought leader is being able to speak across generations. Um, And, and I'm not saying that you have to wait until you've lived a long life before you can be a thought leader. But I just, in, reflecting a lot on the more time on the grounds, the more work, like you earn people's respect and people start to seek you out. That feels more like thought leadership versus putting that as a descriptor on your LinkedIn profile. Right. And I think, you know, the really good point to that is the word earn. You earn thought leadership. You don't create it. You don't desire it. I mean, you can, but it's like, it's really, in my opinion, not the right perspective. You know, you can, it it is about earning it and you earn it through hard work. You earn it through service. You earn it through care. You earn it by being on the ground, in the trenches, working with people and experiencing it, or you earn it by studying like for long periods of time, like you earn it by doing the work. And then because of that work, your gift or, you know, the response is the thought leadership. But I think people are so they're just, they just want the thought leadership without doing any of the work. And it's just, you know, it's really backwards. And, and then what happens is, the whole world is sort of like going towards and being influenced by said thought leaders who really haven't had enough experience to give you the perspective you need. And I see this in my industry all the time, right? If you take, you know, the business coaching field or, you know, the business field, you've got all these people 
who are trying to become thought leaders who are just getting out of corporate or they've never even run their own business or whatever it is. And they're trying to be thought leaders and they're giving really, really bad advice. Like their, their thought leadership is actually detrimental to the people who are following it. And I think, you know, this is, this is like the, the piece is that we have to be looking at who really has the wisdom because they've experienced it. And it doesn't mean they've necessarily, you know, been in business for 20 years or like, that's just one form of it. You know, it could be that they've like, they were at a very young age, they saw a lot, they were exposed to a lot. They actually were in the trenches with certain experiences. And then that allowed them to really integrate and experience things and have a lot of sort of wisdom and depth to provide. But I think, you know, we're, we're just looking at it wrong. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the positioning or the packaging, like people trying to use it as a descriptor um, of who they are, rather than realizing that it is something that you become. It's not something that you can label yourself. It's a becoming of um, that, in that acquiring and that earning of that wisdom and you're right. Some people start it very early. So they can be in their 20s and 30s and, and really have very clear thought leadership around mm. a particular area. But it's not um, it's not something that's not really what we're seeing. We're not seeing all these people that have been in the, the work or it's very obvious that they've done a lot of the processing and, and they're very clear. It seems like it's a quick... Um, labeling and wanting to shift maybe even something that's kind of come out of the, um, entrepreneur, like this myths of being an entrepreneur sort of this yeah. rose colored entrepreneurship kind of thing. Like, Oh, well now I've left my job and I really know what that's like to face that unknown. And I've taken this risk and I'm starting a business. So now I'm a thought leader in entrepreneurship. It's like, yeah. well, that's, you're just at the, you're just scratching the surface. And yeah. it's really important that you allow yourself to dive in to all the experiences. And honestly, it's kind of a, it's a disservice to self to mm. shortcut yeah. into a, a badge of honor that we haven't earned. Yes. Right? Such a, it's a disservice to self. It's a disservice to others. It's a disservice to the world. Like shortcutting never creates the life you want. It never creates the business you want. It never creates the experience you want. Like shortcutting means you're not learning the skills. You won't have a solid foundation. You're not able to actually build from strength. Like shortcutting is never, never the answer. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's just, it's, yeah, it's limiting you and it's limiting the other people that you're around. And I don't know, I'm just thinking about the words too, mm. the actual term thought leadership. Mm. So the fact that we're putting the word thought ahead of leadership means that we're, you know, saying like, okay, this is the, this person is leading and holding a certain, um, space for this particular thought, this wisdom, this, um, perspective. And a lot of times that in the past was equated with something that was really unique also mm -hmm. just, you know, like, Oh, they're really leading in this particular thought. They're emerging ideas or thinking outside of the box. Um, like we would think of Steve jobs as a thought leader in technology is like people like that, but it's like now it's lost its meaning. I think yeah. it, it's come to mean something else. And I'm not even sure 
what we have made it. <laughs> I don't know how we, we've kind of taken those words and really changed it because it doesn't speak to that anymore. Not yeah. in the same way. And true thought leaders, their intention was never to be a thought leader. Like their intention, right. you know, <laughs> they never like, called and, themselves that. No. And I think, you know, if you really look at the people who I would label thought leaders, you know, their, their intention was to serve, their intention was to spread a message. Their intention was to change the world. Their intention was to help others transform. Like there, that's the pure intention. And after doing that many, 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 many times, that's what created their thought leadership. But, you know, right now, so many people are just after the thought leadership and they've lost the intention of service. They've lost the intention of changing the world. Or even that is a whole thing, you know, like everyone's like, I want to change the world or, you know, but when I really start to question it, right. And I ask, what do you really want? A lot of them still just talk about themselves. Like, you know, I want to be seen or I want, you know, people to, to love me or, you know, and all of it's really just about what they're getting. It's not actually about service. Yeah. And that's what I think where I was going with that too, is like, we're just even using the same words. Like I want to save the world. That's not unique. Like it's not unique thoughts anymore. Like that's something that everyone's talking about. So to be a a thought leader, you need to emerge with something that is truly reflective of something that is a conscious, I I guess I'm thinking, you know, emerging consciousness, thought leaders kind of are ahead, Hmm. um, in my opinion, of what is emerged. So they kind of and they have a sense of what's coming before it's there. And mm-hmm. they start speaking about it. And they start having these conversations. Because often when you look at these people that have really, in my opinion, earned that title, they were talking about these things back when it was not on trend. It was not, <laughs> nobody knew what they were discussing. And it was like 20, 30 years ago, you'll look up articles that they wrote. And you're like, oh my gosh, they were talking about this back then. And it, no one was listening. And they're still talking about it. And they're leading now this new discussion, this new thought, because finally the general consciousness is caught up with something that they saw. And these are why those entrepreneurs are typically more visionary type entrepreneurs. They can see and thank goodness that we have um, so many people that can do that, but we're not all those types of entrepreneurs and good thing that we aren't good thing that all types, you know, entrepreneurship and businesses and leadership can look different because we would be really bored if we were all doing the same thing. And maybe there's a challenge with the way that the media sort of um, holds this idea of being the published author and the expert and the thought leader as the thing to become, because then we're all chasing that when we're not all meant to be. That's not all like who we are inherently, you know, just like authentically, that's not who we are. Yeah. And I think just the, the whole, the whole intention of what we're chasing, like, you know, this, this is the pattern and the trend is everyone's chasing easy. They're chasing money. They're chasing, you know, ego stuff as well. Like, you know, I want to be seen. I want to be out there in the world. I want my voice to be heard. Like, I don't think about that when I go out there to share things. I think about the change I can make. I think about what I feel like needs to happen in the world. Like there's a very different shifting that has to go on, I think, in, in sort of this entrepreneur realm, which is really, we need to be thinking about others, 
We need to be moving our attention to service. We need to be looking at how we can, you know, help the world change in good and beautiful ways to more kindness, to more care, to more success on a deeper level, not success in terms of money or freedom or, you know, sort of the, the labels that we use. You know, we need to be looking at simplifying things because they've gotten too complex. Like, you know, whatever it is, your value system is the deep values you have. And that's what it is about. And we need to stop looking at, I want to people to see me. I want to be on stage. I want to be, you know, speaking. I want to make lots of money. I want to be a thought leader. I want to be, you know, all of that is like, we need to shift because it's, it's actually twisting and tainting the experience. Like real thought leaders getting lost with a bunch of fake thought leaders, you know, and, and I think people are confusingly following the wrong people. And so then they, they wind up with failed businesses or failed relationships or all these things because they listen to, you know, someone who, who, who hadn't done the actual work. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something about that visibility and sort of how we've mixed celebrity status with Mm. sort of in the world of entrepreneurship, you know, because everybody can have a YouTube or you can have a podcast, which are really grateful to have. Um, You can have a platform, you can have a voice out there in the world much more than in the past um, where it was really only celebrities that got to do that. It was only these famous people that ended up having such visibility. Now anybody can set up an Instagram account and start getting followers and become sort of, um, get caught up in sort of the celebrity status. So I feel like maybe that is something that our, we are struggling with in a, in our culture, um, currently that previous generations haven't really had to think about is how the, when the brand becomes more visible and we have all these online platforms that there's like this way of, that people can get caught up in a celebrity status and celebrity does not equal leadership. No. It, and it's probably confusing because there are celebrities that are starting to use their platform for activism and for political causes, which is great. Like they're found that they can use their visibility for something good. Um, but there's, not necessarily, maybe there's just a little confusion there about, but that doesn't mean that being visible is, you know, all of a sudden, I don't know that like being a, being famous or being seen even is like thought leadership. That's not the case. Yeah. And I think, you know, let's talk about a couple of the underlying myths maybe, or the underlying issues in that. Like I see it as there's twofold. One is sometimes people think thought leadership as an example or being an expert or whatever will make you money. Okay, so that's an illusion. There are tons of thought leaders who have books, who have TEDx talks, who have all kinds of things and still zero money. So, you know, thought leadership in and of itself without a proper business model, without doing the hard yards in your business, it means nothing. It will produce no money. So, you know, that's one myth. And the other one is the ego side. It's like the thought leadership is actually about um, someone validating you. And every time you look outside yourself for validation, you will never find confidence. You will never find peace within yourself. Like there is nobody that needs to see you or love you or validate you except yourself. And every time we put that outside of ourselves, we're looking for something that will never give us fulfillment. And I think those two things are really primary sort of core drives for this, this idea of thought leadership. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know, it's just something that would you say is a, how recent is this phenomenon? <laughs> like, like when we think about it, like, do you feel like you've noticed this just in the last few years, even more than yeah. ever before? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it, I mean, I don't know, because I only have sort of what all the things I've seen and the viewpoints I've seen or whatever. But I think you look at things like the TEDx, right? I think TEDx is a is a good example of where it's gotten a bit out of control. Like, you know, there's so much perception that if you have a TEDx talk, you know, like you're famous or, you know, you're going to be Brene yeah. Brown or, yeah, you know, these, yeah. Yeah, the most, these things. Yeah, the most viewed TEDx talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. And you don't even realize that doing a TEDx talk, you don't even get on the TEDx site. Like you're not, like you're basically invisible. Like if you've done a TEDx talk, it's invisible unless you've promoted it yourself. So like, yeah. you know, most people don't even realize that that will give you no leads, that will not help your business, except that it's just proof that you know what you're doing and it's something that people can watch, right, and consume. Yeah, it can but I show. Think your, yeah, perspective yeah. on something. Exactly. But they, there's this sort of misunderstanding. So I think, you know, you've, we've had people years ago, like Brene Brown is a good example. She was a relatively unknown. She was a researcher, you know, researcher, storyteller, as she says, you know, she was just doing the work. She was just doing the hard work. And, and she happened to go on stage at a TEDx talk and say something that the world profoundly was ready to hear. And then from there, she was able to develop, you know, um, curriculum and books and, you know, her thought leadership, because I believe she is a thought leader, but that was done through like so much work, so much hard work and real and being in the trenches and doing the things. And, you know, that she just, just happened to get on a TEDx stage and it happened to work. But she's a very, very teeny, teeny, tiny percentage of someone that just happened to do a speech and get that kind of thought leadership out in the world. And that sort of much, that, that much, many followers, um, that's very, yeah. very rare. That is a great example because some people will see something like that. They'll learn about someone like Brene Brown through a TEDx talk. And then they think, wow, that person, they just did a a TED talk and that created their thought leadership. Mm -hmm. But in that sense, like you were just, she's a great example because Brene had been working in her research field for years. And she mm. talks about this in her Daring Greatly about how it was even hard for her to do the kind of research that she was doing because a lot of her colleagues didn't have as much appreciation or respect for the soft science. And, you know, all of the struggle that she had to to go through, to stand up for even her own like perspective on what the research was, how it needed to be done. And she was spending, you know, thought that she was going to be researching shame and then realized that she was researching vulnerability. That took all this time. It didn't happen overnight. And that's that common myth. So there's a myth that you're going to make money if you're a thought leader, just because, Hey, you're a thought leader. Now everyone's going to throw money at you. And two, that thought leadership is something that, um, can just happen really quickly from some sort of instant fame or some sort of mm -hmm. recognition, but it's something that takes all of that time. It takes all of that acquisition of wisdom and knowledge. And like we said earlier, it's something that is earned. That's right. Exactly. And so, yeah. So basically what we're saying <laughs> from, this, from this little bit <laughs> from of ranting <laughs> yeah, is don't go after thought leadership. Go after service. 
go after change, go after transformation, go after making a difference in the world, like actually on the ground, in the trenches. Don't go for thought leadership. Don't go to be seen. Don't go to be heard. Like go for others. And I think if you do that, you will over time and over experience become a thought leader. But going the other way around, it's it doesn't work anymore. And the truth is we're like, everyone's so burnt out with thought leaders and experts and, and programs that, you know, didn't work. And like, it's a different world out there now. And whereas all of this was really great, you know, four years ago, like you could really get more traction being an expert or a thought leader, if you will, um, or having a book or, you know, having a TEDx talk, the world has marketed it and it's become a commodity. And so no longer does it have the same effect or results as it used to. So we have to get back down to basics, which is actually creating change, actually serving people. And when you do that, everything else will follow. Mm, I love that because nobody ever sets out. Most people don't set out to be a leader they set out as part of their community. They're a part of a team and then things happen yeah. and people organize. And there's those individuals that step forward, usually because they are driven by a need to serve. They have this desire to help solve that problem. They see a need and they step forward to help provide it. And then those people naturally emerge as leaders. They didn't call themselves. The best leaders never called themselves a leader. Like you said, right. these people like Brene Brown, Steve Jobs, they never called themselves themselves thought leaders. They were given that by their communities. Yeah. They were given that label because people recognized the value in what they were doing and how they were leading forward emerging ideas and concepts. And that's so much more rewarding too, to just know that one day, like, if just keep doing what you do, do what you love, go after, like you were saying, Sonia, what you're serving um, up for the world, what you're called to do. And then one day you may hear that label. Somebody provides that to you, gives that to you. And that's an earned label. And it's going to feel awesome because your community decided that you deserved it. Not because you thought it sounded really good on your profile. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Totally. And I think that's a really good place to wrap up our rant. So yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening today and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.